the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. Here he is, Michael Savage. Give you a little overview of what's coming up, which is, is nuclear war inevitable? I interviewed Alex Alexander Markovsky, a senior fellow at the London Center for Policy Research, a think tank that examines national security, etc. He's the author of Anatomy of a Bolshevik and Liberal Bolshevism, America Did Not Defeat Communism, She Adopted It. Markovsky knows what's going on. The two of us discuss, is nuclear war inevitable? It's actually soberingly frightening in some ways. You can't laugh it off. I saw his article in The American Thinker, whether Putin has drawn out his saber without the need may be debatable, he writes, but the geopolitical reality is that he will not pull it back without glory, whatever the cost. Putin, who revived Russia and rebuilt its economy from the ruins of the collapsed Soviet Union, cannot permit his odyssey to end in the country's dissolution. On the other side of this Ukrainian confrontation, he writes, is President Biden who cannot afford the humiliation of another defeat after the disastrous retreat from Afghanistan. He also needs a victory at any cost. He writes, Mr. Markovsky does. Well, I'm not going to give you the whole podcast. It's coming up. You're going to love it. It's sobering for those of you who are sober. Okay. He joined me and discusses the uh, continued escalation of the Ukrainian conflict. We discuss Putin's existential threat from both East and West, why NATO has become increasingly militant. That's strange, isn't it? Liberal NATO, first run by lesbians in the Nordic countries, the same lesbians who let in Muslims and other terrorists into their countries in order to defeat the white males of their own country, are suddenly the biggest warmongers on the planet. We'll also discuss the truth about Ukraine's historic borders, what Putin will do after the Wagner shakeup, you're going to love Savage and Markovsky's evaluation of the greatest threat to humanity in our lifetime. And we seem to have drunk lunatics here in America cheering on war without any talk of peace. I know you're going to love it. I do the best I can for you. And I hope you continue to support the program. Michael Savage, a host like no other. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Middle East on the brink. North Korea on the brink. Iran increasing its aggression. Elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, gold 
Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989-898 with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers. I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989-898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Over the weekend, I didn't party. I, for some reason, everyone was enjoying themselves. I couldn't. What I was doing was studying the news. And I tweeted all over the map, I must tell you. So I'm going to read you some of the tweets. Some of them are related to this podcast. Some are not. What triggered me was my reading that we were sending cluster bombs to little Zelensky, the poison dwarf. Why in the world would we send cluster bombs to Zelensky, the madman? Why? Now, I know Russia uses them. Does that mean that we should now escalate the use of these horrendous weapons, which will poison the earth for decades to come? Are you people insane? I never saw anything like this madness. Biden sending to Ukraine cluster bombs simply to mutilate Russians. And I tweeted, a convention banning the use of cluster bombs has been joined by more than 120 countries, which agreed to not use, produce, transfer, stockpile the weapons, and to clear them after they have been used. And yet the lunatic loser, Biden, agreed to send them to Ukraine to kill Russians. Now, this is the same president who was seen on a beach stumbling around in the hot sand over the weekend, looking like a typical, very old man who didn't know where he was. What you must know about the munitions that are being sent to Zelensky is the following. He has virtually used up almost all of our artillery shells. Now, I want you to think about that for a minute. Think about the damage to the earth, all of you good environmentalists who care so much about climate change. Think about the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of shells that little Zelensky and the Russians have exploded over an area of the earth. You don't even know where it is, most of you. Now, let's look at cluster bombs. Why are we sending them to Zelensky? Because the greedy scumbags in the military industrial complex here in America, the greediest scumbags on the planet, these are demons, know that these are these are artillery shells that we can't use. They're also almost at the end of their lifespan. So if we transfer them to Ukraine, the scumbags in the military industrial complex will get a contract from the old man who is falling apart in the White House and his college girls to make new cluster bombs with a new billion dollar contract. That's the uh, story. Somebody tweeted this, Dr. Savage, you have 228,000 followers and very seldom, very seldom have more than a few hundred responses to your tweets. 
Twitter is throttling your reach, something awful. Yes, they are. I'm banned, uh, and uh, let's say shadow banned on Twitter and on Facebook. There's another crazy one. A child thinks he is a furry animal. California law dictates school must provide litter box for him in a classroom. This is a true story. Nobody can believe it. Nobody can believe it, but it's true. Then I saw a, a ray of hope, and I tweeted this. What? The United Kingdom and Spain do not agree with Demented Joe? Will not agree to send warmonger Zelensky cluster bombs? I couldn't believe it. Breitbart.com, UK and Spain call on Biden to not send cluster bombs to Ukraine. To not send. Concerns over danger to civilians for years to come. We have lost our collective minds. I then put up a poll on my Twitter feed. Immediate peace talks between Ukraine and Russia. Ukraine and Russia. Cessation of all hostilities or endless war. Peace or war. Most people, of course, on my site want peace, not war. I then tweeted this. Since World War II, cluster munitions have killed an estimated 56,500 to 86,500 civilians. They've also killed and wounded scores of American service members. Civilians, including children in Syria, Yemen, Afghanistan, Lebanon, the Balkans and Laos, continue to suffer from incidents involving remnants of cluster munitions. But don't tell that to Jill Biden. She's busy propping up a clearly senile husband. It's frightening, by the way. I found something else that you may be interested in. It was an obscure point I didn't know about myself. In a prisoner swap, 2,000 Ukrainians were sent to Turkey where they were to remain until the end of the war under the Turkish president's protection. However, the poison of Zelensky brought them back to Ukraine. There was no immediate official explanation of how this squared with the conditions of the exchange. You may not recall this because you didn't read about it in the old York Times. The propaganda is complete. What else did I tweet over the weekend? And I showed pictures of what cluster bombs have done to people. I said, thanks, Joe. See what liberalism has wrought while he stumbles around in the hot sand. And then something even odder happened over the weekend. Trump claimed in a speech that he could end the war with Russia in 24 hours, and the poison of Zelensky attacked Trump, thereby spitting in the faces of 81 million Americans. And I tweeted, Zelensky, the warmonger, attacks Trump for trying to end this insanity. Look at his eyes. And I don't mean Trump's eyes. I mean Zelensky's beady eyes. We're living in a maddening time. I tweeted some other stuff you may be interested in. I put up a picture of Yenta Yellen. There she is. Look at that. Yenta Yellen, Yenta Yellen bows to China. And now we know why they fear us. Take a look at the Yenta. Look at the little, look at the little Cornby feeder. Look at her. Go ahead. Now look what the Chinese guy is doing to her. He grabbed her wrist like he could throw her across the room like a, a rag doll. Look, look, look who's running the country. This is our treasury secretary. This Yenta couldn't run a, a candy store in Brooklyn in the 1950s. Look at this. Yenta Yellen bowing and kowtowing to China. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, my friends. And finally, this morning, I found something in the Jerusalem Post that rang a bell with me. And I found this from someone who wrote this. Quote now, Ukraine is one of the most anti-Semitic places in the world. To escape the pogroms from Ukrainians and Russians, 
someone wrote, their grandparents and my father emigrated to the United States in 1912. It's no surprise that Ukraine has voted 90% of the time in the United Nations, first of all, against Israel. The reason is with Muslim population on their borders, Ukrainians are even more anti-Semitic than maybe even the Poles, he wrote. Babi Yar just didn't happen without Ukrainian assistance and help. Lest anyone forget, a majority of the Ukrainians welcomed the Nazis as liberators in 1942, unquote. I know you don't understand this, most of you, because you have come to think that Zelensky is some heroic Jew. I'll explain that in another time. I don't have the desire right now to go into the issue of Jewishness and not Jewishness. It's not for me to judge. I pray to God that Mr. Markovsky is wrong. And now I will tell you that there's such bad news out there, I won't even bother reading it to you. I know most people have turned off from the news. They won't even look at it. NATO gathers as war hits 500 days. This is the Drudge Report. Hungary, Turkey threaten unity. Weapons stockpiles shrink. Zelensky to visit the summit. Will he wear a clean undershirt? Will he wear a new undershirt? You know, he has an outfit that mimics in a strange way that of Fidel Castro. Always the war hero. Always as though he just came back from the front lines where he was commanding his troops. My friends, we're living in crazy times. Crazier than ever. Perhaps the craziest times in the history of the world. And it all happened with only a few short years of the dictatorship known as the Biden administration. I could say pray for America, but I think God has left the theater. So settle back and get ready for the real cheerful title, which is, Is Nuclear War Inevitable? Thank you for listening. The Savage Nation. It's savage on demand. Hello, Mr. Markovsky. Hello. Is it Mikhail? Oh, Mike. Michael, my, Michael is fine. Well, I like Mikhail better because it's Misha. I, I, it also could be Moshe. <laughs> Moshe, yeah, that's right. Alex, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank, we have you, with us, thank you. We have with us a great expert. Alex Markovsky, are you are you in London right now? May I ask? Are you? No, I'm in Houston, Texas. Oh, okay, great. So you're you're a senior fellow at the London Center for Policy Research. I read yeah. your article in my friend Thomas Lifson's great uh, publication, American Thinker: Is Nuclear War Inevitable? And I want to, for the for the listeners, begin with the opening paragraph where you wrote, "Whether Putin has drawn out his saber, without the need, may be debatable." But the geopolitical reality, you're right, is that he will not put it back without glory, whatever the cost. Putin revived Russia and rebuilt his economy from the ruins of the collapsed Soviet Union, cannot permit his odyssey to end in the country's dissolution. So I read your article, and it seems like it's Aristotelian logic. It's almost perfect. If I converted your words to mathematics, it's flawless. And that's what worries, it's, it's what worries me. Because yeah. it's it's flawless reasoning. That was an, an intent. Oh, <laughs> intent. Do, do, do you write with a mathematical intent? Well, I, I cannot really answer that question. I'm an engineer by training. Okay, okay. I see it. So maybe yeah. that 
penciled in in some instances. It's amazing to me because it's my worst fear, nuclear war, my worst fear, which I've had since I'm five years old. I see it occurring, about to occur in slow motion. No matter what anyone says, it's almost a slow motion nuclear war coming. Uh, it's a repeat in many ways, in my opinion, of World War One, which was an accidental war. One thing happens here, then this country reacts, then that country reacts to that country, then that country, like a chain reaction. Exactly right. Yes. And millions of men died for nothing. Exactly right. So, Alex Markovsky, in your wonderful Aristotelian perfect article, Is Nuclear War Inevitable? You examine this. And what, what most alarms you about the current state of this conflict? Well, what most alarms me is that is constant uh, escalation of that conflict, conflict without really reasoning, evaluation, uh, risk, evaluation, consequences, you know. And yeah. I would say risk and consequences, you know. That's what seems nobody's thinking about. It's yet yeah, no one's thinking about it. I hear rhetoric. They make statements and they don't understand the ramifications of what they're even saying. Right. So you make the observation that Putin faces an existential threat in his mind, not only from the West, but from the East as well. That's an interesting one. When you say from the East, you also imply that China wants to gobble up a piece of Russia for its resources. Of course, that is the greatest threat. Oh, boy, that's amazing. The greatest threat. Alex, and no, by nobody's... The way, it's already in the process. How? Because thousands and thousands of Chinese are moving across Russian border and settled in Russia. Oh, my God. So the Chinese are like they're illegal aliens or what? No, you know, Chinese are smarter than, uh, I would say, than Mexicans. Well, well, be careful, Alex. We cannot say things like that. You understand. Everyone's equal, Alex. You know that. Really? Okay. Come on, Alex, if please. You say that. You say that. <laughs> okay, I get it. But okay, so what are the Chinese there? They're there for work? Well, yes, they work. They open businesses. Ah. And interesting thing, uh, uh, the greatest uh, pride of Chinese who moved to Russia, get Russian name. Oh, no kidding. Okay, yes. They have a son, Hui, whatever. It is Popov. And the Chinese name and the last name is Russian. You know, Ivanov. Hmm. You know, things like this. Uh, but they're moving in thousands and uh, settled there. And I think little by little, they will occupy the whole thing. Alex, why is NATO so warlike all of a sudden? I watched this from the beginning when it seems college girls were running the Nordic countries. And I thought that when college girls took over the countries, there'd be peace, not war. Why are these millennial college girls who run the Nordic countries such warmongers? Well, you see... Uh, <laughs> American education has been uh, revolutionized probably, what, since, uh, I would say, Red uh, Diapers Babies generation. You remember that, of course. Red, red Diaper Doper Babies, I call yes. them. Yes. So, uh, 
they little by little they've been indoctrinated uh, and uh, basically you know they like socialism they've become socialists i understand but they don't like war and death do they well I don't know how to answer that question, you know, whether they like the war or not. Do they, well, what I mean, let's put it another way. But, don't but they, they understand don't know the consequences? Do they understand they what they're... They don't understand the consequences because they've never seen war. Right. Okay. Never talked about it. Never talked about war. So they think it's a, a video conference that, that they well, can well, conclude well, yeah. early. If they don't like the results of the Zoom meeting, they can hit end meeting. Right. Yes. So you say Russia cannot win the war of attrition. Please yes, explain that, Alex. How, wh why can't they win it? Well, as I said, you know, Russian gross national product is only 5% of uh, combined national gross national product of uh, Europe and the United States. Uh. If you add the populations to it, uh, you will realize that uh, Russia was about 140, 100 million people, Europe about 350, United States 380. Mm. You know, it's just so incompatible. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and don't forget, we, although we socialize to a great degree, we're still a capitalist country. Yes. And capitalism can move very fast. If they have to produce so many tanks per month. Mm. They will produce. Oh, they would love to produce more yeah. tanks. It would start the war machine, would make more money than they have since uh, World War II. So it seems to me Putin's in a, in a no-win situation. He started a war he can't win, Alex. Is that what you're saying? That is correct, unless he, he, he never thought that uh, he would face United Europe and the United States. So he actually... It's an unintended consequence as he united Europe and the, United, and the United States together against him without planning this. Yes. Right. But I thought he was this great KGB strategist. Oh, come on. KGB. <laughs> KGB <laughs> created an image that they are so powerful. They know everything. The greatest analyst. But KGB, uh, people who work for KGB are cowards. Cowards. Uh, cowards. How uh, so? Well, I, I tell you what, I've gone, gone through it when I was living in Soviet Union in the 70s, and I faced the KGB, KGB, as a matter of fact, I used to go to their office every month. Wait, you mean uh, when you, you grew up in the Soviet Union, Alex? Yes, yes. Were you a KGB agent? No, I wasn't KGB agent, but when I applied for immigration, you know, ah. You know, I've been uh, coming to their offices on my will ah. because, as I explained, it was the only place in the Soviet Union that I could exercise my constitutional right for free speech. <laughs> I could say anything if I want. <laughs> I get your sense of humor. So, so where yeah. did you emigrate so, originally? Did you emigrate directly to America or to Israel first? No, I went first to Italy. Oh. And from Italy to the United States. Good choice. You had some good cuisine on the way to Houston. Well, I was so poor. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> the Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. So we're facing this crazy situation 
where Putin's backed himself into a corner playing a, a dumb chess game. Can he can he say, hey, wait a minute, I made a mistake. I want out. No. And then we have, on the other hand, the madman Zelensky. I don't see him as a great hero. Personally, I, I actually he, he revolts me not only because of his sartorial stupidity. It looks like an MTV show, this tight undershirt to show off his bodybuilding. What is that about? He thinks he's still in a theater company. Well, he is a showman. Yes. And uh, I think as far as public relations is concerned, he's doing a pretty good job. Yes. Most of the fools of the world think he's Winston Churchill in a tight undershirt. Right. Because they're fools. And he plays with them. Okay. So now we have in our country, Mr. Biden, Joe Biden, who just the other day on July 4th was at an event and was speaking to the drums on the stage when he was supposed to leave. He yeah. turned and started speaking to the to the drums on the stage. So what do we have here? We have a showman. We have a, a guy who made a, a, a brutal error uh, in his invasion of Ukraine. And then we have a man who speaks to to imaginary creatures in the United States. Alex, how does this end? Can it be stopped? Is there no way to stop this? Well, you see, I, I usually, you know, when people ask me this question, and uh, usually they use example as a Caribbean crisis, uh, the Cuban crisis. Cuban crisis. And I usually say, you know, in Cuban crisis, on one side was a reasonable and intelligent man. On the other side, was one who pretended to be an idiot, but wasn't. That was Khrushchev. Khrushchev, yeah. He pretended to be an idiot. To be an idiot. But everyone, everyone forgets that he so was a... So they, they kind of two reasonable men. Khrushchev was actually, uh, he looked like a buffoon, but yeah. that, that was his act. Yes. He was actually a hero in World War II, which I didn't know about until years later. Well, but, uh, you know, as... You said, we, 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 you said, you know, he was not a fool. Not and a fool. Uh, uh, he has to make a decision. He made the decision. To withdraw. So the two men got together and said, okay, well, I guess it went too far. Yeah, they didn't want nuclear war. So why no. can't we get Zelensky and Putin to get together and end this thing, Alex? No, what? no, no, we can't. Cannot. Because Zelensky started the war, look, let, let me put this this way. Ukraine cannot exist as a country. So they need a sugar name. Somebody has to support Ukraine. So. Wait, Alex, you mean even though they're, they're a huge grain exporter, they cannot be self-sufficient? No, they're not self-sufficient. Look, all the industry yes. was built during the Soviet era. Okay. And uh, they produced a lot of stuff that industry needs, economy needs. Uh, Ukraine was making turbine, steam turbine. They made tractors, they made airplanes, they made a lot of weaponry. But the only buyer for that stuff was Russia. Mm. It was cheap. It mm. was not sophisticated, but it was reliable and cheap. But the like, natural market was Russia. Like T-34 tanks? Whatever, you know, yeah. uh, locomotives, you know. Okay, I got it. Okay, old style. Weaponry, although a lot of it was built in Ukraine. But locomotives, turbines, tractors, you know, airplanes, 
It was built in Ukraine. And as I said, it was not very sophisticated, but reliable and cheap. And Alex, Alex, millions and millions of Ukrainians have fled the country. Yes. There's almost no Ukrainian people left there, except the very old. The men are dying like flies on 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 the. on, in, in these horrible conditions, I had one expert, Colonel McGregor, who estimates 250,000 Ukrainian men have died. 50,000? No, 250,000. 250, 250, uh, 250. Yeah, that, that's, that's a lot of men for a small country. Sure. But we don't see that in America. We don't even see the death. All we see is victory for Ukraine every other day with another propaganda story. So well, now they, Alex, in the war, so we have to portray it as our victory. Well, we have to make believe that they're winning because we're spending so many billions of dollars. Of Is that no, as So now they want F 16s. Who's going to yeah. fly? You and I both know they can't learn to fly an F 16 overnight. Well, it's we've been through it. You know, every time the uh, U.S. introduced new weapons, they, they think it's a miracle weapon, and this time Ukrainians win. And it works at the beginning, and then the Russians learn how to deal with it. Uh-huh. Uh, so the escalation of this war, as constant escalation, will lead to nuclear war. You know, it has to. Something has to happen. Well, I don't know. Look in your article, Alex. You write along with Biden. You say that the other world leaders are also ignorant of history. Of course. You know, you about know a few that. years, you saw that a year ago, Henry Kissinger, for better or for worse, yeah. came out and called for peace. They called him senile. They called him every name under the sun. Biden, they never call senile, even though he talks to drums on the stage. So Kissinger made sense. He said, we've got to call for peace. And they reviled him. Then he all of a sudden switched gear before the World Economic Forum, because they probably said, Henry, if you want to come to the disco and the after party, you're going to have to come all in on the war. And suddenly he came out for all in on war this year. Did you notice that, Alex? Yes, yes, of course. He, he went from anti-war to, yes, I'm all for it. Yes. I couldn't believe it. Even Italy, who has an intelligent woman leader, is now gung-ho on, on the Ukraine war. What the hell is going on here? It, it's seems like they get all on drugs, you know, they, they, they think that they can win it, although nobody defined what winning is. Oh, boy. Uh, and they get in the deeper and deeper in that hole. Deeper and deeper. So in other words, they're digging in to not admit they may have been wrong. And so you say nuclear war is inevitable. Let's talk about today. Now, we have a, a, a nuclear power plant. And already the propaganda is being spread by Ukraine that Russia is about to blow up the nuclear power plant. Sure. And from my point of view, it looks like it's a false flag about to be conducted by the Ukrainian side to drag NATO and the U.S. into a nuclear war. That's how close I think we could be. What do you think? Well, I think we've already been on this dance floor before. Uh, Russia blew up their own pipeline. Russia blew up their own bridges. Yeah. You know, uh, I remember when the pipeline blew up, I went on the, on the podcast. I said, wait a minute. Why would anyone blow up, blow up their own supply line? It makes no right. sense. It's it's their income. How could anyone believe this? 
Home of borders, language, culture, the Savage Nation. So we don't have leaders in the past. We don't have Conrad Adenauer, you're right. No Charles de Gaulle, no Richard Nixon, no Ronald Reagan, no Winston Churchill, no Margaret Thatcher, no uh, Donald Trump. Trump came to power and he was a man of peace, despite what they say about him. The reason I backed him in 2016 is I said the man wants peace. I had him on my radio show right after. Actually, it was just before the inauguration when he won. And I said to him, and that was before the election. I said, Mr. Trump, if you win the election, will you meet with uh, Mr. Putin to increase the peace between the nations? He said, I would meet with him before the inauguration, is what he said. Donald Trump didn't want war, and he's called a warmonger. Richard, this one in the, in the office, the man who speaks to imaginary drum drummers is supposedly a man of peace and he wants war. So we're living in a, in a crazy Solzhenitsyn Russian world where everything is upside right. down. If Solzhenitsyn were alive, well, actually, we have to go back to Jonathan Swift, Alex, to, to understand the world we're living in. I think Solzhenitsyn was sober and very logical. We need Jonathan Swift to understand this world that we're living in, don't we? Something like that? I mean, it makes no sense to me. Everything's a lie. But uh, I, I agree with Donald Trump. He can stop this war easily. How could Trump, let's say he could, what would he do? I don't know what he would do. I can tell you what I would advise him. Okay, let's say you're the advisor to a president to end it. What would you advise? That's the most I would important. advise that uh, borders of the Second World War are not recognized by many countries, participants in this conflict. We have to give them borders that belongs to them, their traditional, their historical land. Give them back. Give Poland back Western Ukraine. They're Poles. Wait, wait, uh, I want to follow what you're saying. Give Poland back to Western Ukraine? Yes, it's that their land. Be, because That's Poland, the land that was given to Ukraine by Hitler and Stalin. I'm not following you. You're saying in order to make peace, the land that we now call Poland should be given to whom? Poland? It's not Poland. It's Ukraine right now. Western Ukraine. Okay, that peace. The Western Ukraine. Uh, okay, I'm following Europe. you. Western Ukraine was part of Poland. Yes, ah. part of Poland, part of Hungary, part of Romania. Ah, okay, that's important. I didn't follow you. So, so, in other words, historically, what we call Western Ukraine was not Ukraine to begin with. Well, that's right. Oh, Ukraine was not to begin with. Okay, let me put this: is Ukraine is creation. Uh, I would say geopolitical creation of the Bolshevik. This the country never existed. Of the Bolsheviks. Before 1919. So it was a um, 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 an area where people spoke Ukrainian, wasn't it? Ukrainians, uh, Ukrainian means on the age, living on the age. That the people who live on the age of Russian Empire. They call Ukraine. Two words. On the age. Ukraine. Yeah. Uh, what All does the it? tribal societies that live on the age were called Ukraine. Got it. So, uh, so you, current Ukraine is a, uh, I would say, mosaic of lands that belongs to other countries. A mosaic of land that belongs to other countries. So you're you're saying something that's revolutionary, 
which is that while Zelensky continues to say we will must go back to all of our original borders, it's all a, 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 a myth. There were no borders. What do you mean? Ukraine borders? Yeah, he said he wants to take back everything Ukraine that was borders Ukraine. currently underwater. Uh, he's, he's saying it he doesn't exist. But he wants Crimea. He says that was part of Ukrainian. Ukraine. Well, it's never been part of Ukraine. Well, okay. So this is typical Ukrainian negotiation, which is raise the stakes that are impossible beginning before there's a negotiation. I came from New York. I know how rug traders work, antique dealers. <laughs> so you know, not only will we not negotiate with the Russians, but we're starting over here. We want Crimea. We want the borders going all the way into Russia. And we want all the locks that's in so, Kiev, all the locks right. that we can get our hands on. Right. It was they one. But I say, how would I settle it? I said, OK, the land that belongs traditionally, historically to other people should be given to those people. So to Hungary, to uh, Romania, hmm. to Poland and to Russia. Amazing. Well, you know, that'll never happen. You're, you're first of all, you're reasonable, but how could Why? They, they all would agree to settle it immediately and stop the war? What do you mean? All these other countries would agree right. because they're getting they something get what they want. OK, that's funny. In other words, Zelensky would have to move to Miami and open up a nightclub. Exactly. OK, well, that maybe exactly. they could maybe they could build him a nightclub somewhere with a big stage. But but that look, the lands that they occupy were given to them the biggest murders that ever walked on the face of this planet. Stalin. Lenin, Stalin, Stalin, and Hitler. Yes. That's the land they occupy. Oh, boy. Well. So, you know, <laughs> you're Alex, you're raising issues that I agree with in theory, but we both know it can't happen. I don't know what can happen. Why not? Poland will be for it. Romania would be for it. Hungary would be for it. And Russia would be for it. And what would happen with Zelensky and his warriors? Who cares? Who cares? Nobody cares so far. <laughs> uh, Nobody cares you... about Ukraine. It's been destroyed, <sighs> completely destroyed. Nobody cares. What is the chance of this latest deal in Russia with the so-called almost a coup, and then there was no coup, and then we read that his army was moved. Whatever, I forget the gentleman's name. The 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 runner. The, uh, the, ah, the, yeah, the the war hawk and his personal army of 50,000 men and heavy equipment suddenly appeared in Belarus. Right. So, so it looked to me like it was a ploy to get their army north of Ukraine. No, it's it's something similar to what I just suggested about Ukraine. People, you have to understand how this Russian game plays up how they play. Everybody gets what they wanted. Prigozhin got his army and he's safe in Belarus because mm -hmm. he had a conflict with Russian the Minister of Defense. Lukashenko got uh, who afraid to be overthrown. Mm. Now he got the security set. <laughs> he's got the, probably the best crew he could find. <laughs> okay? Putin is safe. And Prigozhin got tons of money for that. Oh, boy. Everybody's happy. What is the chance now of Putin becoming even more militant and now doing a pincer movement into Kiev? Well, 
I don't know is that what he should do in the first place. Because war and peace decided in Kiev, not in Donbass. I don't know what he's doing in Donbass, <laughs> to be honest with you. So you're saying if Putin took it to the capital and decapitated the leadership of... That's what he tried to do in the first place. He did not succeed. Why doesn't he use... I'm not saying he should. Why has he not used his massive weaponry? Which one? What massive weaponry? Does he have it? Aha. Uh -huh. He has no nuclear weapons? Oh, he got plenty, but... Uh... Uh, nuclear, he's got plenty of nuclear weapons. So uh, he, could, he could not take Kiev with conventional weapons. His Air Force looks like it's a paper tiger. Where even yeah. even Pergozin, Poroshki shot down some of his air, important right. airplanes. Right. Poroshki shot them down with America. I don't even know what equipment they were using. <laughs> yeah. what, what, right. what was Poroshki shooting the Russian uh, aircraft down with? What weapons did he use? I don't know, but uh, it seems like he was he, he has done it with East. He shot down Russian airplanes and helicopters. So Russia has no air force now. No, uh, it, he, he shot two helicopters and one plane. Well, but it was a very important, uh, like an AWACS plane, right. as right. I understand it. Oh, yes, you're right. One of six that Russia owns that is oh, useful. I, I didn't see. I didn't. I didn't know it was six. I thought it was two or three. But oh, well, let's say it's two or three command and control. So he lost a very yeah. important command and control platform in the sky. What options does that leave Putin and his and his uh, warmongers? But you're just making my point. He has no choice but to use nuclear weapons. That's why I'm bringing you back to your point. It's you're my guest and I want your point, not my point. You well, actually, it turns to be uh, your point as well. <laughs> Well, my my point is based upon absolute nightmarish fears for the world that we've lost our mind, our collective minds. But, but you see, Putin made a serious mistake. He's been telling them that he's not going to use nuclear weapon. And they say, oh, great. You know, he's not going to use nuclear weapon. We got a green light. We have nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> and now when he's going to say, I'm going to use nuclear weapons, they're not going to believe him. Uh, the man who cried wolf. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Well, now we read a headline today, Alex, that China, and I don't know whether it's true, has, wait, not Musk and Zook, I'm looking at it. China has warned Putin not to use nuclear weapons. I saw that article today. I'm sure you saw that. Oh, who knows? Maybe yes, maybe no. And it, why he should listen to China? Why should he? Yeah, it's it, his, uh, it, his existence at stake. Mm -hmm. And existence of Russia. Mm -hmm. So, Well, you are a very um, logical man, as I said, Aristotelian logic. Thanks. And the article itself... <laughs> As I said, alarm me in the American thinker is nuclear war inevitable. So what should I do? Build a bomb shelter? No, you have to elect Donald Trump and he will stop it in a minute. Alex, did have you met Donald Trump? No. Okay. No, I'm asking. I'm not trying to put you on the no, spot. No, I haven't met Donald Trump. I, Donald Trump has a record, you know, and we have to look at his record. Well, he not wants peace. Wars. 
He wants peace, not war. You know what? And he made Abraham Accord. Nobody could do that. Nobody to bring Arabs and Jews together after thousands of years of hatred. I don't understand how people shouldn't have given him. They should have given him a Nobel Prize, not a prison cell. A dozen ones, you know, a dozen Nobel Prizes. Yes. But that's another story. So yes, this 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 problem could be solved a lot easier, you know. Well, I don't know that, Donald, we can go into this another time. But, um, Alex, I don't think Trump can win the election personally. That's another story. That's another story. So we don't have Trump. And even if he ran and won and ran from a jail cell, I don't think he could stop what's going to happen before the election. I'm concerned with the next three to six months, Alex. So can you tell me what you think you say is nuclear war inevitable? Is there a timeline on this, Alex? No, I don't think so. Uh, you see, you have to you have to understand that Putin is a moderate, moderate by, of course, by the Russian standards, but he's a moderate. Um, wait, he, is he, I, I'm missing the word. He's a moderate, moderate, Mo- moderate, moderate. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I understand that he's a moderate. Russian standards. Yeah, from the Russian point of view, he's 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 fought with one hand behind his back. Yes, and and for him making a big war, it's it's a very huge decision. So it may drag for a while. It may drag for a while. Uh, who knows? Uh, I don't see Russians really winning with uh, force that they use right now. Uh, and I don't see Ukrainians winning, you know, so it's, it's a stalemate. Strategic. All the Ukrainian women are living in Poland. They're living in France. They're living in England. Uh, they have no men, no Ukrainian men. They're all dead or fighting on the, on the front. So what the hell is going to be left for them when this war is over? Nothing. Well, Ukraine is completely destroyed. It is. It is, Alex. Yeah, the economy completely destroyed. Agriculture is destroyed. So even the Africans were appealing for peace last month because they recognized that there would be a worldwide famine next year because the crops are not being planted. The wheat is not being planted. And there's liable to be a a phenomenal famine in Africa as a result or starvation. Let's put it that way. And they even their voices fell on, on dead ears. The Africans weren't even listened to. No one's listening to anyone who wants peace. So that's why I know you're going to say I'm reading your mind now. That's why I wrote is nuclear war inevitable. And uh, I also wrote that the current leaders are uh, incompetent. So let's finish with this, Alex. Let's say you're right, and I hope you're wrong, but I think you're right. When you say nuclear war, we're not talking about Armageddon. We're talking about a limited nuclear war or more. Well, the problem is, that's, it's a very interesting question. Thank you for asking. It's a very interesting question. Look, if Russia use uh, what they call a tactical nuclear weapons, <laughs> they will get tactical nuclear prep weapon on themselves. You're launched by the United States or NATO, correct? Well, Europeans or whoever. Yes. But if you use strategic nuclear weapon, the world will get horrified. You mean an actual full-scale? Big scale? bomb. 
yeah. big bomb. As a, what's a tactical nuclear weapon? It's a low yield weapon, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's a small. The, 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 I'm not military analyst, but as far as I know, that doesn't create explosion like Hiroshima. Okay, so it's, it's, it's a low yield weapon, low yield as opposed to a very high yield. Yes. Okay. Oh boy, we're and, talking. Uh, well, so. If he uses a small weapon, well, they will respond it with small weapons. They will give it to Ukrainians and they will start shooting. Mm -hmm. God. So you, you write that the recent rhetoric seems to suggest that NATO military planners accept this possibility, believing that Europe is safe under the American nuclear umbrella. Right. Of course, America's nuclear umbrella had waste products that were in the, the man in charge of that was a um, a guy who uh, stole women's suitcases at the airports. I mean, how how competent is the American nuclear establishment? Probably competent enough to launch a weapon or two on 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 Russia, right? Well, that's what I call ambiguity of nuclear guarantees. You know, who knows? Who knows if Europe is not there? <laughs> why would the United States uh, risk? their territory for someone who's already dead. Alex, so you're a, log you know. you're a logician. You're a logician. So let me ask a, a question here. You wrote some interesting books, including Anatomy of a Bolshevik and Liberal Bolshevism. America did not defeat communism. She adopted it. I agree 100 percent. 100 percent. We're probably 60 percent along the road of communism in this country. Right. My, my guesstimate, yes. if, if not higher, I think it's 60 percent for sure. It's almost indistinguishable in many ways from the USSR in, 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 in some major in some way, ways. You're correct. It's frightening as an American to say that. It's uh, frightening to me. Because you fled the Soviet Union. Right. You know, it's like sometimes I feel I never left Soviet Union. Well, you're living in, in, in Texas, which is a great state, but it's still part of this madness here. Alex, let's say that the you said something interesting earlier as well. You said Putin is a moderate. I didn't get the word because I, I didn't know whether he meant madman. What you said no, no. moderate. And I read that before that around him are very militant people who want to use maximum force, bomb Kiev into the Stone Age and take over the country and end the war. What would happen in your logical mind if, in fact, the war hawks in Russia got control and all of a sudden there was a destruction of a, a major infrastructure of Kiev? What would happen next? I don't think they will use it on Kiev. They can't. You don't think they'll use what? They use nuclear weapons in Ukraine. No, no, no. Let's say Russia does it without nuclear weapons and, yeah. and just invades Kiev decapitates the leadership. What would happen? Well, the war would stop. It would? Of course. There would be nobody to fight. <laughs> yeah, but Biden needs the war to go on, and the war machine must keep rolling, doesn't it? Have to keep no, rolling. No, if, if Ukraine is out of the picture, that's it. We have peace. So it's possible that this could happen. Yes. It's possible that Russia comes to the same conclusion of the chess game that you've just played and says, if we knock out Kiev and the leadership, 
the world will, will suddenly sue for peace. That's right. So if you thought of that, I'm sure that there are some intelligent war planners who came to the same conclusion. Intelligent where? I don't know here. You and I. Oh, but who <laughs> listened to us? <laughs> well, we have no power. We, I'm just right. a, I'm a mere retired podcast right. host sitting right. by myself looking at the water and feeding seagulls. And I look at the world and it doesn't make sense to me anymore. <laughs> the madness I see. I watch, you know, you talked about Stalin. I, I love to watch a World War One doc, documentary. So I watched this apocalypse, a World War One on the History Channel over yeah. and over again uh, of Stalin, apocalypse Stalin. And what he did to the Russian people is astonishing. The millions he killed. Yes. And the, the madness that went on. And of course, I don't have to mention to you, you know, about a Holdemir massacre in, in Ukraine where he starved the Ukrainians to death. Millions of them were killed. Their, their wheat was stolen. Their shoes were stolen. Their blankets were stolen in the winter. They've never forgotten the Soviet uh, destruction of, of their, quote, people. So the hatred goes very deeply between the Ukrainian people and the Russian government. No, it, it was not Russian doing. That's what communists doing. I, look, you can and tell. among them was plenty of Ukrainians. Amongst the 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 russians were plenty of ukrainians well, you said. it's not russians you know the communists did it okay and good. among communists were plenty of ukrainians well you and i understand the difference but so the, it, it was not national hate hmm. stalin was equal opportunity murder it's not that he hate ukrainians he hates seems to be hate everybody and he so, slaughtered and massacred everybody well alex <laughs> It's a sobering afternoon here. Is nuclear war inevitable? Do you have any final words of wisdom for the Michael Savage podcast audience? Well, we have to elect uh, reasonable leaders who are well-educated, who can think in advance, who can evaluate risk and rewards, and who would act in American national interest. Alex, I'm not available for the presidency. I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm not eligible. Yeah, and you're not eligible. <laughs> you're, you're a senior fellow at the London Center for Policy Research, a conservative think tank that examines national security, energy risk analysis, and other public policy issues. And yet you're in, in Texas, not in London. But London is already socialist country. Look, I, oh, I look what happened. Communism. Look, yeah, I could go to England. The United States. You know, uh, England is 90 percent. Uh, so, yeah, I'm not you know, I'm not allowed to visit England. I was banned in England in 2009. Yeah, I heard about recently. I couldn't believe it. So I am actually the only member of the American media who cannot set foot on British soil. I would have to go to Ireland, Northern Ireland and be smuggled across the border into England if I wanted to experience their marvelous cuisine and get some good dental work. So my daughter just visited Ireland, and she visited uh, London, and she told me, Daddy, you know, you couldn't believe it. You know, everything you told me about Soviet Union, I already have seen it in London. How so, in terms of surveillance and control? Well, I, I don't know what she meant. Uh, really, oh. just talk over the phone. I understand. Yeah. No, the surveillance state... Well, Canada's not far behind the, the United Kingdom under Trudeau. Yeah. 
Alex, you're an incredible man. I love your articles in American Thinker, and I hope that Thank you, you very much. continue to keep your mind as sharp as it is. Alex G. Markovsky topic is nuclear war inevitable. Let's hope the answer is no. Alex, Let's hope that I'm wrong. Yes. No, it, I'm well, you're, you, you could be right and wrong at the same time, as you know, because you you actually laid out a scenario in this podcast where it could be it could not be inevitable. I hope that's the case. I really hope that's the case. Alex, thank you for being with us. Well, thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. We will send you the podcast. It will be up next Tuesday. And let's hope there's no nuclear war before Tuesday. <laughs> right. <laughs> thank you. Very thank much. you very much. You. I will send your regards to Thomas Lifson, my friend. Yes, please do. He's a wonderful man. Have the you reason met? that article is published, the credit goes to Tom. Thomas to Tom. is great. He, he has some of the best because minds. Because nobody else would publish. No, of course not. Thomas is a Thomas Lifson's an unsung hero of the intellectual right. His his publication, The American Think, is very important. It's an Ameri very important forum for minds such as yours who have no outlet really outside of the academic world or the policy world to be read more widely, Alex. Right. Last question. Do you ever visit the West Coast of California, of, of America? Of course. You I've been, I've been, uh, we, me and my wife, we like to drive and we cross this country probably two dozen times. Isn't that beautiful? We probably know every, we drove every major freeway. Well, we if, you're in state. If you come to the San Francisco area, you have an open invitation to dinner at a restaurant I love. It's a quiet place north of the city, 20 miles north. It's a Basque restaurant owned by a friend of mine. It's a family place. It's quiet. And we'll have a wonderful, wonderful meal. And we'll talk about the world. I would love to. Just give me any advance. I'll, I'll try to get Thomas to come as well. And that would be terrific. Wouldn't that be? Imagine the six of us having a, a dinner in the back room. We close the room to anyone but us. That would be fantastic. Okay, you have an invitation, Alex. Just let me know. When I you get can. in the car and I drive right now. <laughs> I may go there and eat there tonight. You know, my wife is easy born. You know, I just go to another room and I tell her, look, tomorrow we're leaving for San Francisco. <laughs> Uh, Alex, you have a great sense of humor. It's very beautiful to speak with you. And I thank you again. Thank you, my friend. Be well. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, thank you very much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it and you'll learn something from it. We have about 400 other episodes available for you to listen to absolutely free. You can go back into our vast library of podcasts and listen to any one of them at any time. And remember this, if you want to listen to my podcast ad-free, sign up for the Savage Premium Membership and get access to ad-free podcasts as well as some premium content from our Savage Archives. How do you sign up for those ad-free podcasts? please visit michaelsavage.com for a link. Again, thank you for your listenership. This is Michael Savage.